Merry Christmas. I love that we're here. Last year we had to cancel, and that was frustrating. But we're here, and this is wonderful, and that's really exciting to be here. Um, Being that it's Saturday, uh, we toss around the possibility of having our service earlier, and maybe some of you are going to be upset that we didn't. And... um, but we didn't. We did it at six, right? This is where we're here, and so this is the choice we made. But there's something about Christmas Eve service being at night just makes sense. As a kid growing up in the Roman Catholic tradition, we attended midnight mass on a number of occasions, and I would be so annoyed. I'd be so annoyed when we had to go, but then I'd get there, And I'd see my friends there. We would all end up singing Christmas carols because that's what you do at a Christmas Eve service, lighting candles. And it was always a lot of fun because there is something about us coming together as the church family on Christmas to be with one another, to celebrate the birth of our Savior. There's something stirring about the cold and dark winter night being interrupted by the warmth and joy of a candlelight service on Christmas Eve. And what we're doing as we come together to remember and celebrate the birth of our Lord is that we are retelling the events of that night when Jesus finally entered into the world which he created. And even that, just let that sit with us for a moment, that Jesus entered into the world that he created. I don't plan on keeping us here for very long tonight. In fact, there are only two points I'm planning on making, and we'll be looking at one verse in John chapter 1, verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, you can. You don't have to. Now, before I talk about this verse in particular, I want to briefly share with you what the writer John is doing. In verse 1, John makes it very clear that he's trying to draw our attention to the very first verse of the entire Bible in Genesis 1. It says in John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now, if you've been traveling with us over the course of this Advent season, one thing I tried to make clear is that when a New Testament writer quotes or alludes to an Old Testament verse, they want us to consider what? Who remembers? The whole context, right? He's not just hoping that we would just look at that particular verse. He wants us to look at the entire context. In other words, John wants us to look at the entire creation account in Genesis chapter 1. And tonight, we'll simply dip our toe into the first three verses, and I will read those for us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So this is the very beginning of creation. And God is the one that is speaking everything into existence. The text says that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. In other words, there was chaos. Imagine a storm in the middle of the ocean during the darkest part of the night without even the moon to light your way. That's what we're dealing with. And in the midst of that kind of darkness, God speaks. 
He says, let there be light, and there was light. In other words, the story of creation is the story of God bringing life and light into the midst of darkness, into the midst of chaos. And what John does in his gospel is he ties the birth of Jesus to the story of creation. And in so doing, what he's communicating to us is the glorious truth that the birth of Jesus is the dawning of new creation. The birth of Jesus is the dawning of new creation. That's what John wants us to understand. This isn't just any old child. This isn't just a revolutionary being brought into the world. This isn't just, just a fun tale that we like to tell. This is the beginning of new creation. That's what John wants us to understand. The created world was good. God said so himself after each day of creation. He looks at what he created and he declares it good. And after the final act of creation, he looks at all of it and declares it to be very good. But this good creation has been corrupted. And, and we know this. Every single one of us has experienced this corruption. When we, we've been on the receiving end of the corruption. And we've also played our part in the corruption. But what John wants us to understand and what we celebrate ultimately on Christmas is that, on the is that in the birth of Christ, on that cold and dark night in Bethlehem, some 2,000 years ago, God's plan to finally push back the darkness had begun. God's plan to finally push back the darkness had begun. And while it often feels like that plan is being frustrated day in and day out. John tells us that the darkness has not overcome the light. The darkness has not overcome the light. In fact, and we'll demonstrate this in just a few minutes, the new creation light that is Christ, it doesn't stop with him. It doesn't stop with him. When Jesus ascended into heaven after his resurrection, he poured out his Holy Spirit and divided tongues as of fire came to rest upon each of the disciples. And, and as one author puts it, at the moment when the illuminating spirit was poured out upon the church, the sunlight of a new day struck upon the apostles. New creation was in full effect. It was happening right in the midst of God's people. That event that happened in Bethlehem 30 years prior, 33 years, however you want to do the math prior, was all of a sudden starting to bubble over in the person and work of Jesus as he died on the cross for our sins, as he rose again as the firstborn of creation, as he ascended into heaven, and as he poured forth his spirit onto us. Now we have been illuminated, light, by the Holy Spirit, so that now we are the means by which new creation is spreading throughout the earth. That's good news. That's good news. The book of Revelation refers to the church as a lampstand. And Jesus calls us to be salt and light in the world. In Matthew 5, 14 through 16, Jesus refers to his followers as the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When we talk about Christmas, when we talk about the advent of Christ, as we look forward to the second advent of Christ, and we celebrate Jesus as the light of the world, we need to remember that in that light, we have been tied to it through the Holy Spirit of God. And so now we are the lights of the world through whom Jesus is is making his name known. That's what this whole thing is about. It's it's not that we, we come to faith in Christ and we keep it to ourselves. No, we don't let our lamp be hidden. We shine it before humanity so that others might know, that others might see the good news of new creation. That's what this is all about. That's what it means to to celebrate the advent of Christ. That's what it means to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Because in the birth of Christ, we see the dawning of new creation. That when when God spoke light into the darkness and John in his gospel ties Jesus to that, he's again speaking light into the darkness through the birth of his son. And now we ignited by the fire of the Holy Spirit, are meant to be that very light that goes into the darkness. That's such an incredible calling that God has placed upon our lives. Such a wonderful gift that God has entrusted to to us, right? He's entrusted us with the responsibility of being conduits of new creation, of being the means by which new creation spreads like wildfire into the world in both word and deed. And that's why at Redeemer Fellowship, we talk a lot about us being the means by which God, by which people catch a glimpse of what God is like. Because we are the little Christ that wander throughout this world showing off the good works of Jesus and how we love and serve one another. That's the calling. That's what Christmas is all about in the words of Charlie Brown, right? Linus, excuse me. The point is that in Christ... As I've said, we see the dawning of new creation, a new creation that he has imparted to us through the gift of his Holy Spirit. Each one of us lived as citizens of the domain of darkness, as Paul the Apostle says. We breathed its air. We served it with everything we had, but by grace through faith, we have entrusted ourselves to the light of the world. And in so doing, The Bible tells us that we have been transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. And what happened in that transfer was the darkness of sin was snuffed out by the light of Christ. And though sometimes we might feel like the darkness is gaining ground in us, the truth of God's word tells us that darkness cannot overcome light. And so there's two things I want us to walk away with tonight. The one thing I want us to walk away with tonight is is as we understand Christmas, as we understand the birth of Christ, I want us to understand the good news as a means by which we are called to now go out in the world and reflect that light. To be the means by which the light of the world is, is, is manifested to the world around us. But the second thing I want us to understand tonight is that the darkness of sin that all of us wrestle with, 
that all of us continue to fight even as followers of Jesus, those, those nights where you feel like there's no way I can possibly be a Christian after what had just transpired in my mind, on TV, whatever the case may be, whatever it is that you might have been struggling with, the word of God tells us that darkness cannot overcome light. Darkness cannot overcome light. And so what, what, what the scripture is pleading with us is to cast yourself upon Jesus. To cast yourself upon Jesus in all of your struggles, in all of your pain, in all of your doubts and your burdens. Cast yourself upon Christ. And, and the promise is, is that he will meet you there. He will meet you there. That's good news, Redeemer Fellowship. We are called to be a manifestation of that light. And we are called to accept the fact that that light has snuffed out the darkness in our own life as well. And to not hear the accusations, whether it's of our own mind or the enemy or whatever the case may be, that there's no way we can possibly be a follower of Jesus. Because the light has snuffed out the darkness in your life. And we have to believe that. And we have to walk in that. I, have, I don't really have a lot left. I got about like three minutes left. Redeemer Fellowship. Those of you who have entrusted yourselves to Christ, your darkness has been eclipsed by the light of Christ. You belong to him. You belong to Jesus. That's true. I want us to hear that. I want us to receive that. I want that to, to land in our lives so fully. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate us. I'm just going to read the passage. Why not? Now I've got to find it. It's Romans 8, I think. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing. There's nothing that can put the light of Christ out in your life. There's nothing. I want to impress that upon us so much. And I'm saying that because even as, as, as a guy who, who does this for a living, like I read the Bible, like I'm a Christian for a living, right? Like that's like a weird thing, right? I, I feel this sometimes. I feel this distance from God where, no, nah, there's no way. There's no way I can possibly be what this book says I am. But guess what? You are who this book says you are if you have entrusted yourself to King Jesus. Anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That's the truth. 
Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I wasn't planning on talking about this. I don't know why I'm talking about this. It just kind of came about as I was reading through my very carefully manuscripted sermon. All of a sudden, I felt the need to talk about this passage in Romans chapter 8. And, and I think the reason why is because, because I know this is the struggle that most of us go through, that all of us go through. We all have our doubts. We all have our struggles. And, and while the holidays are these times of like getting together with family and they're joyful and they're fun, there's also like a ton of pressure that we put on ourselves. And there's a ton of stress that we put on ourselves. And, and, and in that stress, we probably tend to, to, to not run from God, but to forget that he's there. And, and we tend to, to kind of drift away from God because we're just not really focused on that because we're trying to do all the things and everything that's expected of us. And, and, and then we all of a sudden, like we wake up like a few days after Christmas in that weird week that like we don't know what time it is. And, and we start to wonder, it's like, okay, well, like, what, what did I just do? And then you try to pick up this book and you try to read it and, and, and you try to pray and you're like, well, I haven't, I haven't really talked to God in a long time. I don't even know how to do this anymore. And, and I don't know if anyone's ever experienced this distance from God. Maybe all of you are just like running into the kingdom on fire 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't experience that. So I'm telling you from my experience. And what I want you to know that in those moments when you're feeling that, when you're feeling that distance, that separation, the book tells us no. You're still you're still in his presence. He's still with you. He's still walking with you because nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. Nothing. No sin can separate you from the love of Christ. Not what maybe you scrolled through in your Instagram feed can separate you from the love of Christ. Not whatever, you know, thoughts you had in your brain last night can separate you from the love of Christ. Not the fight you had with a family member can separate you from the love of Christ. Not the lack of time that you spent reading your Bible this week can separate you from the love of Christ. Not even if that lack of spending time with Jesus was, was a month or two months or three years or ten years can separate you from the love of Christ. And so tonight, if that is you... The Bible is calling you to come back. Jesus is calling you to come back and say, say no, 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 I, I want to I live in light of that new creation that I know already took place in my life. And if you're here and, and you've never experienced what I'm talking about, if you've never entrusted yourself to Christ, then tonight is the night of salvation. Tonight is the night to say, you know what, Lord? Like, I don't got it. And I need your forgiveness. And I want to repent of my sins and I want to follow you. And so that's, that's about all I have. I'm going to call Tara and Cheryl up as we, we kind of wrap up this evening. To celebrate Christmas is to celebrate the beginning of God's plan to completely eradicate darkness from his good creation and to await the day when his plan is fully realized. That's what it means to celebrate Christmas. In the meantime, we live as reflections of that life, performing our good works, loving and serving God and neighbor so that they might catch a glimpse of the light, that they might catch a glimpse of what God is like. That's what this thing is about. And so we're going to sing Silent Night like we do every single year we come together. And I'm going to light the Christ candle, which is the center candle. And then I'm going to come around and light the aisles. And I think George is going to help light some on that side. And we're going to sing Silent Night. And we are going to 
allow this, this demonstration of the candles being lit and, and passing that light along to, to reflect the very thing that we have been called to as followers of Jesus, to be the means by which that light spreads throughout the world. And so this is just, if you're a teacher, this is an object lesson in what it looks like to be the church, to be the, the means by which the light goes into the darkness. And so let me pray really quick and we will sing Silent Night and we will close our time together this evening. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you with all of our hearts. We thank you for the good news of your son, Jesus, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he was raised again to new life and that he is seated in the heavenly places with you and, and, and Lord, he is coming back again. We thank you for that. And we thank you for our salvation that on the day of your son's birth, new creation entered into this world. And every single time a sinner turns from sin and turns to you, a little bit of that new creation spreads further throughout this world. And I thank you for that, Father. We love you with all of our hearts. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.